0: his biggest lessons after this last NFL season that he played with the Los Angeles Chargers, why he has fallen in love with the offseason, how to embrace uncertainty in your career, the importance of staying ready no matter what, the best leaders that he's been around in the NFL, the diet that he is currently following, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 377 with 10 plus year NFL veteran, Matt Overton. Hey, what's up everybody, and welcome back to The Best You Podcast. Is life a little overwhelming right now? Do you feel like you're trying to do so many things, but you can't keep everything under control? If so, that's why I created The Best You Membership, to help go-getters like yourself move from overwhelmed to organized and in control of their life. If you wanna learn how to keep all six areas of your life in a state of constant growth, the six areas being health, personal, career, financial, spiritual, and relational, then go to nickcarrier.com slash membership. Again, go to nickcarrier.com slash membership so you can go from overwhelmed to organized and in control of your life. Today, I'm super excited to bring you the one and only Matt Overton. Matt is a 10-plus-year NFL veteran long snapper who I've had the pleasure of getting to know over the past couple of years through one of my good friends who is his personal trainer, Justin Todd. In 2012, Matt began his NFL career with the Indianapolis Colts. In five seasons with the Colts, He was part of the special teams unit that included all pros Adam Vinatieri and Pat McAfee. The trio became known as the fourth down army and they helped the Indianapolis Colts become one of the best units in the NFL. Matt has also played for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tennessee Titans, and he just wrapped up the 2021-22 season as the long snapper for the Los Angeles Chargers. Off the field, Overton is a family man. He and his wife, Bree, married in 2020 and just recently welcomed their first child, Truett. Matt is also a licensed real estate agent in the state of Indiana and Tennessee. His passion beyond football led him to real estate and has found success as a realtor even while playing football in the NFL. But before diving into the episode, be sure you're subscribing to the Best You Podcast on the Apple Podcast app, on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever it is that you listen to this podcast. And be sure you share the episode with a friend or family member while you're listening. All you have to do is send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, then I would love if you leave a five-star rating and review. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Matt Overton. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast today. I'm super excited to be joined by the one and only Matt Overton. Matt, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me, man.
1: You bet, man. Uh, Excited to be here and it's long overdue.
0: Yeah, man. Well, I'm looking forward to it, like you said, uh, long overdue in the sense that I think I had asked you to uh, talk about being on the podcast before the, the season started and that's when you got picked up by the Chargers and then it was really fun watching you and following you throughout the season and the awesome season that you guys had. And so basically the way I want to start is just asking you what's what are your ba- maybe biggest lessons or biggest takeaways from this past season that you spent with the Chargers?
1: Oh man, I think for me it's just the, the preparation um, that it takes, the patience, the patience, and just believing that God has a great plan for you, man. Like in the, in the midst of uncertainty, you know, you get tested in those moments because, and I think we always, you know, we strive for certain goals and, and aspirations and, you know, the days are long, the months are long, sometimes the years are long, uh, especially when uh, you're not seeing outcomes that you want or, or getting certain places. And I, I've learned in my career that, you know, the phone call for, for an opportunity can come at any moment. So, you know, the mindset of like staying ready and just always preparing has always been kind of that focus for me. And with it being like my fourth or fifth year straight, being a free agent after the season, like I've always kind of carried that mentality with me as I go. And, and you know, going into last year, I knew that the phone call would come. You know, I was pretty certain about that. I just didn't know when. And so, you know, it came at the least expected time. It was like a Sunday afternoon in like mid-August and um, got the call and packed some bags and, and was out in LA for the whole year. So, it's just one of those things that I've learned over time that you just got to be patient in the process. And there's so many great lessons learned in the uncertainty and and just holding yourself like kind of accountable every single day, like those daily disciplines. And at the end of the day, I've always learned that God will always exceed your expectation, man. So uh, that's that's definitely what I take away from last year.
0: That's awesome. Well, I love that. Um, I, Yeah, I kind of want to talk to you about when you did first get picked up by the Los Angeles Chargers this past year, because it was kind of, you know, right at the beginning of the season almost and so you're here in Nashville and you had you know, you had just gotten your new house and got a new baby girl around and so what was that like to go out to the Chargers I know you weren't necessarily I feel like too concerned about which team you were going to get picked up by you just you wanted to play but what was it still like kind of mentally and emotionally and psychologically to be picked up by a team that's all the way out you know out west when when you're Family's kind of, you know, back east in Nashville.
1: Yeah, you know, so, um, you know, the year before in 2020, I played for the Titans. So it was a luxury of playing at home, right? And it felt awesome, you know, because of course you don't have to uproot the family. And yeah, we had a little transition because at the time my wife and I were moving down here full time from Indianapolis. So a little four hours south, but she was also pregnant. So it was such a blessing to be home with her and be able to take care of her and help her in, in those moments when she needed me. And then fast forward a year. I knew I wasn't going to play here in in Nashville, so you know, obviously it's somewhere else. And you know, we kind of when we when we think about where we'd like to go, you know, it'd be nice to stay semi close, where it's either a quick flight or a drive away. And you know, that wasn't the case, you know, with with LA. But the blessing of it was, you know, it took me closer to the home, where I'm from. And so that was my first time being back on the West Coast in in a long time since I like college. And um, so it gave me the opportunity to be close to my parents and my grandparents. Um, and have some familiarity with uh, my surroundings out there. And then really, you know, when my wife and daughter came out for the year, I mean, the community that we had with uh, teammates and their wives and their kids was incredible. So I know it was, it was a little nerve-wracking for my wife to make that transition from here and bring our, at the time, like our six-month-old daughter or five-month-old daughter with us and um, live in a new place fairly quickly without really having an ease into the transition. I mean, it was... It was, you know, those moments are a little bit scary for her and, but man, we, we immediately fell in love with, you know, living in Orange County and Huntington Beach. And then, like I said, the community we had there was incredible. So uh, we couldn't have asked for a better place to be.
0: That's awesome. So, and then, like you said, you're kind of heading into this season again, another year in free agency, you know, you have that hat on your head, your brand stay ready. And I love that because I think one of the things that I've said a few times to people, I think a lot of times we wait to prepare for an opportunity when we see the opportunity in front of us, when in reality, you have to always be preparing for the opportunity that's invisible, that you don't yet know that's in front of you, so that when it does present itself, you are ready for it. So talk a little bit about why Stay Ready is such an important mindset for you and why this kind of like you're one of your brands now.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I I think I just look back early in my career where, you know, I, I never questioned my work ethic. I, I think I've always had a really good drive as far as being self-motivated and always working. Long story short, it took me six years after college to make my first NFL team. So in the midst of those six years, you know, I went to all over the place, different leagues, been cut by a bunch of NFL teams. And so it's just like, I was like a tumbleweed, just going wherever I could, wherever the wind was blowing me. And I was working hard. I mean, I I was, and and a lot of people do. I mean, it's not that I'm saying that I work harder than anybody else, but I just was like super, super driven. But then when I made it to the league, I quickly found out, like, it's hard to make it, but it's even harder to, like, stick around, you know. And, um, you know, I was with the Colts for five years, and I I look back at those years, in the offseason in particular, you know, how I used that time. And I don't necessarily think I used that time wisely. You know, I would would travel, go see family, you know. I was a young single guy, you know, just doing whatever I wanted to and having having probably a little bit too much much fun. And I, you know, I kind of drifted away from my craft. And it wasn't until, you know, I got released suddenly in early 2017 in the offseason. You just got sideswiped and blindsided by getting cut. And it was kind of like, oh man, like, you know, obviously my my performance wasn't up to the standard as what the coach and GM wanted it to be at. And so I quickly just was like, man, I just gotta I have to stay ready because I know that phone call could come at any moment. Um and the last thing that I ever wanted, I was discouraged in the in the, at the time, but I was, you know, I, I just knew that I didn't want to let that discouragement just keep me on the couch for one day turn into a week and a week turn into a month because I'm upset about the situation and the circumstance that just happened. So um I was like the last thing I'll ever want is to get that call. And I know I'd been sitting around for, you know, a couple of weeks not doing anything. So I just quickly just kind of reshifted my perspective, my gears, my focus, and was just staying ready. And since then, like, you know, I think the blessing, I mean, it would be so great to sign like a multi-year deal with a team where I know that I'm going to be there for more than a year. But I think the greatest lesson in every offseason is the fact that like, I just have to continue to keep proving myself and my worth. And it just like, it pushes me. It, it lights that fire that maybe I would necessarily wouldn't have if I was with, you know, under contract with the team every single year. Um, so I think I, I, I kind of compare and contrast my younger, you know, early stages of my career to now. And I think I've fallen more in love with the process of preparation now than I, I did before and taking it more seriously. And that's where, like, just the community that we have here in Nashville is incredible, right? Like with Justin and you guys at at the gym where... I mean, everyone's super driven, super ambitious, willing to help each other. And I, I just love it, man. There's something about the off season for me that I, I just feel like it's just like, it's like a new experiment every, every year. Like, what am I going to really focus on this year? Where am I going to grow? Where do I need to grow? And it's pretty cool to see how our lives uh, cross too, as far as like the influence and, and the help and, and, um, uh, it, it's been great. So, you know, and obviously, you know, being married and having a daughter and being a dad and being a husband now, it's like those priorities are in front of a lot of other things that maybe I would have had kind of out of order early on in my career. But, you know, having this ability at home with a family and my wife and, and my daughter, it it helps me kind of stay, stay on track too. So I love being a free agent because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's like, all right, you just got to, you just got to work even harder now. Right. You know, so and I'm getting, I'll be 37 this year. So it's like, you know, I don't, I don't ever want them to, to use my age as a determining factor why, you know, and not to get signed. So I'm always, always trying to stay ahead of uh, these young guys who are creeping into the league too. So it's, it's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I really like that you said that you've have fallen in love with the off season and the preparation, because I think, When I think this is so important for everybody to have that mindset, because when it's off season, the result that you're looking for, the result that you're aiming for, the goal that you're aiming for isn't necessarily the next week's win isn't, you know, winning on Sunday. The result that you're looking for is just showing up and working out and getting better there. And so one of the things that I tell everybody who I coach in in my fitness program is that working towards a fitness goal isn't just about achieving a result it's about becoming the type of person who follows through with the promises that you make to yourself it's about being okay with the result of like showing up and working your ass off and then letting the results speak for themselves and i feel like that's the mindset that you've taken on with regards to loving the off season and just falling in love with the process
1: absolutely and i think i think about your you know the goals that you had last year with the running the mile right like people don't realize oh it's you're trying to run a sub 4 minute mile but people don't realize how many days and how many months, you know, it takes to prepare for that four minutes. Right. And it's, yeah. it's like a sprinter, you know, they train, you know, and the, we talk about the Olympics because the winter Olympics don't are now, but it's, you know, I know obviously it's winter Olympics and there's no sprinting, but you take a sprinter who's only doing hundred meters and whatever it is, the eight seconds, it takes them to, to run that race that it takes four years to prepare for that moment. Right. And yeah. so I feel like if you can't fall in love with that process, you're never going to, be a better version of you, you know, like, and it's not even just about like me personally, I love being around and seeing other people strive for it. And I love being in a position where I can serve and be a mentor to younger guys and, and share my story with these young guys, because I know what it's like being a rookie. I know what it's like to have the freedoms where, all right, now I have the next four months off, like, dang, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go party. I'm going to, I got a little money in my pocket. Now I can go do this, that, and the other and people are pulling you in all different directions. And man, like that distraction can really take you away from really what your job is. And your job is to prepare and, and to stay sharp on your craft. And so it, there's always a healthy balance where it's good to get away from what you're doing, like, re- you know, taking the rest and in the recovery and all kinds of stuff. And I like to do that, but uh, honestly, just being in the gym and just moving in general, whether it's just going for a walk with, with my wife or daughter, like, that's my mental recovery. Like it's so healthy for me just to to move. You know, some people love to just sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day. I, I mean, I I'm good for maybe thirty minutes, and that's that's it. Yeah. I got to move on to the next thing. So, I mean, there's a there's a good balance, and I just enjoy shooting for these like short term goals throughout the off season because man, it just it's really cool to see how far you can really go and push yourself. Yeah,
0: no doubt, no doubt. But, uh, so I kind of want to give everybody a little bit more detail in regards to like your story and your timeline a little bit. So you started off by just going to a junior college, Diablo Valley uh, College, and then you transferred to Western Washington. And then basically after that, if I understood correctly, you got picked up, I guess, as an undrafted free agent in 07 about by the Seahawks and then went from like UFL, a little bit of Arena League, Seahawks again, UFL again, and kind of back and forth. And finally, you got picked up by the Colts again in 2012, where you spent five years. But basically, there's a lot of, like you said, uncertainty and ups and downs within that. And so I kind want of want you to take a few seconds to to talk to somebody right now who is experiencing maybe a lot of uncertainty in their life. You know, maybe they're in a job that they don't they don't like and they want to move to a different job or they're in a relationship and they're not really sure where it's going to go, but they're just experiencing uncertainty right now and it's causing them a lot of stress and anxiety. What can somebody do or what mindset shift can they take to not necessarily get rid of the uncertainty, but get more comfortable within it?
1: Yeah, I think for, I mean, early on when I was like chasing the dream, you know, I was so worried about the outcome and not just taking it day by day. I mean, it's so easy and it's cliche to say, oh, just take it one day at a time, you know, live in the present, live in the moment. And it's, it's easier said than done. And so, but it's so true. It really is like, you know, I think we all like to see that light at the end of the tunnel. We like to have that direction. Um, but man, there's blessings in like the uncertainty in the, in the darkness because it reveals a lot about your character because some people either just keep going or they give up, you know, completely just give up. And, and a little message that I was thinking about today was like opportunity and what does opportunity look like? And sometimes we have to take those jobs or the job titles or positions that we we necessarily don't feel like we want because of ego and pride. Sometimes taking a step back or taking two steps back is the greatest thing you'll ever do for your profession or for you, you personally. And I just think of times where like my goal was always the NFL, but the the opportunities weren't there. So there's these other leagues. You mentioned the UFL, the arena league, like there's other leagues that were presenting opportunities and yeah, I wanted to play, but I was like, you know, like, gosh, dang, like I know I deserve to be here but i ended up taking those opportunities and they and they turned out to be like stepping stones for me even though at the time my pride was was telling me hey no you're too good for that like you know and i think of i think of you know job opportunities that i've taken where you know i, I think you know the the perfect example would be like you go to a four years college you graduate with a master's degree and you feel like you deserve this certain position right off the bat well sometimes you got to go sweep the floors a little bit before you you know you move your way up the ladder and so and then when you look back, you always talk about it's, it's, a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You look back on the times where like, yeah, you were sweeping those floors, or yeah, like you were working that, that graveyard shift. And those are some of the best moments you'll ever experience because, first of all, you, you know what it's like to be in those moments and those situations because they're not the greatest. You know how to survive, but you also meet some of the greatest people. And so on these smaller leagues, you know, I went from the Seahawks to the arena two league and i'm talking like two different worlds you're you're going from the elite to like i don't want to disrespect anybody in the, in the arena two leagues i was there but it's like bottom of the barrel right you feel that way because yeah. you you know what it's like at the top you're kind of at the bottom now you're you're driving to the game in like a school bus you're you're getting like food stamps for like pizza at pizza hut you're living in a hotel like so it's two different worlds but it's it's humbling right but when I look back on my time, I'm like dude, that was the coolest like thing ever. Like I met some of the coolest people, and those people served as like mentors to me. And then it's crazy how ten years down the road, you cross paths with certain individuals that was in that moment with you. And everyone's trying to get to the top, right? Whatever the top looks like. And it's just man, when you take advantage of those opportunities where you're kind of in the moment where you don't want to be in or the circumstance you don't want to be in, or you know, or the environment, like man, just, just use those as stepping stones, you know, don't, don't let yourself think you're too good or too better to be in those moments, man. Just, just embrace it, man. Embrace it and and find the good in it all. Because there's uh, I really do feel like those are appointments that God sets you up on that just elevates you and takes you to where you need to go. And it's, there's always something to be learned in those seasons, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I think you said it really well with regards to, you know, if you're, taking a step back or you're not necessarily in the place that you think you deserve that you should be, you can't let that circumstance or that situation dictate your attitude that you bring to it, right? Like, there's going to be certain times where you're in circumstances that aren't ideal, but you still have to be disciplined. You still have to show up. You still have to work hard. And so, if you're in that place of uncertainty right now and you're in a place where you feel like you deserve to be at a higher level, don't let that fact that you are unhappy bring don't bring that attitude to that space don't let the circumstance determine your attitude you determine your attitude that's one of the things that i learned and by my football coach and baseball coach growing up in high school is like the only things that you can control are your attitude and your efforts always bring that to the table regardless of what presents
1: itself no doubt and sometimes honestly like people are watching what you do and how you respond in those moments you know so it's it's not that people so like if it's your boss and they're promoting you to a certain division or or You know, maybe you have to take a pay cut for whatever reason. Like people, people are watching to see how you respond and, and you can, you can respond negatively and that's just a clear sign that they may not want you a part of whatever's going on. Um, And then it just kind of takes you back from the moment too. Like it just, people don't want to be around you. People don't want to work with you. And, you know, in those moments and and we've all been there. I mean, you know, there's times where I've had a, a piss poor attitude and, you know, I've huffed and puffed and pouted about it. Um, And and threw myself a little pity party, but at the end of the day, like nobody cares, you know, no one's going to feel sorry for you. Again, when you look back on your, on your journey, you know, those are the times where you're like, ah, I get it now. Like I know why I had to do that because I learned something maybe, maybe it's just simply learning humility, like what it feels like to just humble yourself a little bit, put your pride aside. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, just let that moment serve, serve you for the better. Yeah. I think
0: what you said with regards to people are, people are going to watch how you take action in that negative situation or that less than ideal circumstance and I think that's so true one of the things that I talk about is I think we need to try to work to act as the best version of ourselves as frequently as possible because we never know who's watching and we never know how that person can either help us or you know stop us from getting an opportunity or help us get an opportunity at some point down the road so I, and one of the things that you said earlier which I really loved was uncertainty reveals a lot about your character and a lot of people will see that um, one of the things I want to get into though Matt is uh you're currently I feel like undertaking your 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 diet's changing a little bit this off season compared to what it has been in the past. And so I just want to talk a little bit about that and talk about what you're doing, why you're doing it and kind of how it has you, I guess, feeling at the moment.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I I guess you can say I've always had a, a general interest in, in health and fitness and just natural where I just being an athlete, you know, and for me, you know, it's just I try to work on something or focus on something fairly new every off season. And I really wanted to work on my nutrition this off season. And it was easy for me. Like I've, I've done all the fads, you know, all the, uh, the hip new I do, I've done paleo, I've done keto, I've done uh, pretty much everything. So I wanted to do something that was a little bit more realistic for myself. You know, I've done the carnivore ish where, you know, maybe it's like 80% carnivore. My wife started doing this like 30 day challenge because she's you know been suffering from some part- postpartum um, stresses and struggles and you know so she started like this like little 30 day cleanse and and uh, she was doing some cool things like eliminating coffee and getting rid of all the energy drinks that she was sipping on throughout the day and so she's she's doing doing that and that kind of like sparked my curiosity a little bit. It's like well how can I jump on board but also support her in, the, in those ways too. And I'm a big coffee drinker. So one of the big things that I wanted to focus on this off season, just to see kind of how my body responded was just eliminating that morning, two to three cups of coffee and the quick caffeine rush, right? And so this whole month of February, I haven't had any coffee. I've had decaf a couple of times, but no, no caffeine first thing in the morning. I've kind of eased my way into like later in the afternoon to get a little caffeine or just use my, a little bit of pre-workout before I work out. To get a little caffeine. So I've been doing that and I've been doing intermittent fasting um, and then also cold water exposure. So I, I enjoy the, the intermittent fasting, you know, I try to hit that 16 hour mark daily and then been training fat, I've been training on fasted as well. So going from,
0: how do, how do you feel like, how do you feel like that's been impacting your workouts, if at all?
1: You know, I feel really, I think the natural energy that I've been getting just from not even having that crash from my caffeine. Cause really, when I look back, it was not just, not just two to three cups of coffee in the morning at 6 a.m., but it was um, the added sugars I was putting in there, artificial flavoring that was, you know, just the junk that I was putting in there. And I noticed once I got rid of, so I, I got rid of the creamer first and I was just doing black coffee because I was intermittent fasting. So I quickly, just by going black coffee, I already eliminated two cups. So coffee, to me, coffee doesn't taste that great to where I'm just going to sit there and enjoy it and chug it. So I just by going black, I, I eliminated about two cups mm-hmm. and now I can just sip it gradually and, and it, it sustains me for you know the 30 minutes or whatever I'm doing when I'm reading and writing. And then when I got rid of coffee and then... Had a little sip, maybe like five days after having no coffee. Like I just maybe enjoyed it just a little bit. Like, oh, you know, now the black coffee tastes a little better than what it used to be. And I realized that my body just craved the sweetener. It wasn't the coffee or the caffeine. It was just that sugar that was in the sweeteners I was putting in there. Like my body just, the the cinnamon toast crunch creamer is what I'd use, man. And like my body was just like craving that junk. So I don't use that anymore, which is great because now I'm drinking tea, non-caffeinated tea, and then, you know, little like 50 milligram caffeine, like energy fizzes. So little doses and then training fasted, man, I feel, dude, I feel pretty good. There were times where, you know, I'd carbo load before a big heavy lift uh, leg day. I'd have my caffeine and I just, I, I, I think reflecting back, cause I didn't know in the moment, but like I was, I was feeling those fatigues and those crashes really quick, you know, especially. If I'm working out, like if I'm up at 6 a.m. and my I'm not training till like 10 a.m. or 11 a.m., I feel like I was going into the gym like lethargic and a little, little tired because I was, you know, I was eating a heavy breakfast, I had all the caffeine, I was pumped up, and then I just kind of hit that crash. So going into a training like fasted kind of on my 14th hour fasted, I was feeling really, really good. And I was actually surprised at how good I felt. Um, and I, I felt like I didn't lose really any strength and you know, it's early in the off season. So not, we're not doing really, really heavy loads, but for the most part,
0: how long have you been, how long have you been doing this now? Like training fasted, I guess ever, was it, let's see a a month,
1: almost a month now. And, And really the goal in mind. So just to answer, you know, more in depth, the goal in mind is to, I'm really trying to work on body composition too. So it's not just you know nutritionally, but I'm really working on body comp. So my goal for this off season, when I return to a team, is like I want to be below 50 percent body fat, still have the lean muscle mass up, all that kind of stuff. So there's like things outside of the nutrition that I'm trying to benefit too. I ended the season at weighing 250. Now I'm, I weighed in at 238 today. So within a month's time, I've lost about 10 to 12 pounds, but I feel like I'm still I'm still strong, and it, it's been great. It's not it's not every day. I haven't had the coffee which is good. you know. I try to hit the intermittent fasting. It's hard. You know, we go to, so my last meal is usually around 6 PM. And then, uh, you know, sometimes we're up at 5 AM with our daughter and man waiting from 5 AM to about 11, dude, it's hard because you're that five hours yeah. is that struggle, you know, where as opposed to if I'm waking up at like seven or 8 AM, you know, that's a little bit more uh, easier to, what assume. do
0: you, what do you feel like helps get you through those five hours or that duration in the morning where you're not able to eat? We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first, I wanted to share a quick testimonial from a past participant of the 10-Week Transformation Program. I started running the 10WT in the beginning of 2020, and I've had over 150 people on counting go through it, and they've seen amazing results both inside and out. If you're inspired to join after listening to the testimonial, then go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. We'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but first, here's what they had to say.
2: Hey, my name is Drew. That's why I joined Nick's program. I was in a bit of a routine um, from a previous workout perspective and just was looking to kind of jumpstart and find something new that was going to introduce me to some new ways of working out that were both more aggressive and and more scheduled. Getting up early in the morning, has been really uh, kind of a game changer for me and and starting the day off obviously with Nick's two workouts that he does as a group, and I've I've applied those across all of the workouts that he's built for us through the program, and and I think it's just a great way to start the day. Getting here, working hard, and then knowing that you've accomplished that uh, to start the day, it's been really beneficial to me, uh, both from a physical perspective but from a mental perspective as well. My favorite thing about the program uh, has just been the level of planning and strategic thinking around, you know, your goals and how to get there. And then you know, understanding that planning, all that is one thing, but you know, the application of, of those tactics. And you know, Nick really helps you to think about what are the small things in my day that are going to help me get to where I need to go. You should join Nick's 10-week program.
1: Well, it's just got to, you just got to like, you just got to find yourself be busy. So you know, sitting around on the couch for five hours is hard because you you know, especially when my, when my wife she's eating breakfast and I'm like, dang, I want to crush that or something. You know, like she's baking something in the in the kitchen. That's kind of when I you know I get the urge, and it's not easy because we have our daughter and whatnot. But I felt like you know, being busy in the moment, whether it's reading a book, you know, podcasting, or just going out for like a light walker on the block, like that helps. Like you know, get your mind off because you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's it's all mental. My first day fasting. I think I did 20 hours. And initially I was like, that's gonna be so hard because people talk about 24 hour fasting, 48 hour fasting. I'm like, dang, that's that's really hard. And I I did it while we were traveling back from from LA. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is more mental than anything. And yeah. as long as you stay busy and you kind of have a routine. I think you those those hours and those those marks are super attainable. Not to say that that's healthy by any means to do it all the time, but I just I found myself when I when I sit around and and I'm idle that those are when when you know the the hunger craves kick in.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's so true. I don't follow intermittent fasting super closely just because of my schedule, but on days that I can follow it, I usually try to do so for at least 12 if not the 14 to 16 and usually for me, it's around that twelve-hour, thirteen-hour mark when I start to get hungry, and then it just takes like the thirty minutes or the hour after that to get over that hump, and then really I'm fine. But then, like you said, if I'm if I'm busy, then not thinking about it. Or if I'm, but if I'm just sitting there in my house and my fridge is right over there, I'm like, ah, oh, God, I'm so much hungrier, hungrier. So, like you said, it, it is definitely so mental. One of the things I wanted to make sure I, I asked you. So, like you said, you've been on. You did the, you've been on the Colts, the Seahawks for that little bit of time, and then the Jaguars, the Titans, the Chargers. Is there a teammate that you had that you feel like is the best leader of anyone that you've been around? And if if so, what do you think has made that person the best leader?
1: Or, or it could be coach. I mean, dude, there's been... There's been a handful of guys that I've come across that have been incredible leaders. And it's, it's usually most of the time, it's never like the star player, but I'll, I'll go back to, you know, the Colts time, you know, Adam Vinatieri was an incredible leader. Somebody that I still look up to today. He led in so many different ways where, you know, he played at an elite level for a long time, obviously going to be in the hall of fame here soon. But, you know, I got to learn from his work ethic, just kind of his daily routines, how he carried himself on and off the field so that's somebody that you know pops into mind quickly with that, and then like recently on the Chargers, there's guys. Uh, there's a guy named Drew Tranquil. He's one of our linebackers, but man, the, the guy is just so the way he carries himself, and you know he's always got his notebook in the meeting room. He's always you know noting stuff down. He just always seems to be doing the right things, all the little things right. And you know he's he's like probably ten years younger than I am, but I look up to him, you know. And so there's guys that usually. For the most part, you know, they're the, the big star guys on the team aren't necessarily like the best leaders and, and they lead in different ways. Everyone's got their different traits, yeah. you know, and qualities and whatnot. And it's not always the vocal leaders that are the ones that come to mind, but um it's just a guy. I mean, I just appreciate the guys that come in day in and day out that are accountable and reliable and and just show up and do the little things right because at the end of the day, that's how successful people become successful is doing the little things. It's not the it's not the big tasks, you know, that we always think about. So it's the, it's the little disciplines every single day that pay over. It's just those daily deposits that get you get you far, man. So it's those guys that I think about that really inspire me and, and as being big leaders, really good leaders in the locker room.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm glad that you said that because one of the things I've recently thought a lot about is I feel like our character as a person is determined more by doing things that We don't have to do rather than doing things that we do have to do. And, you know, I feel like those are the things that stand out to other people. It's the small things that you don't really have to do, but it's kind of going that extra mile. It's making sure you're taking notes. It's, you know, picking up after maybe somebody else in the locker room or whatever it is. It's those small things that stand out to other people that are a true testament of your character and therefore kind of a true testament of being a a great leader. But, um, yeah, man, well, I want to make sure, uh, get out of here on time. So I really appreciate you joining today. I just want to acknowledge you before I ask the last question for being able to stay ready season after season. Like you said, in kind of 2017, you almost got this kick in the nuts, if you will, or or, uh, I'm trying to think of the other, what, how, how how's it one to to phrase that rather than kick in the nuts, but I mean, it (laughs) was a reality check. It was a reality check. Yeah. You got a reality check. You got a reality check. And, and you know, But then ever since then, you've been on your toes and you have stayed ready and you've really learned from that situation because I think a lot of people could have gone through that similar situation where they did get blindsided and then they could have sat on their laurels and got on the couch and sat around for a couple months being like, you know what, like maybe my time is just up. Maybe I'm just not as good and maybe it's time for me to retire because you did have a good handful of years there with the Colts, but you didn't do that, right? You got back up and you took ownership and responsibility over staying ready, because you never knew when that phone call was going to come, and and you've done such a great job of doing that. And uh, I know it's inspired so many, and it's inspired me. So I just wanted to uh, appreciate you for that.
1: No, thank you, brother. It means a lot.
0: Yeah, dude. Well, uh, also, I know people are going to want to go learn more about you. So make sure that you go follow him on Instagram first at Matt Overton underscore LS, which is obviously stands for long snapper. And then you can go check out his website at Matt where he has some great stay ready gear and some uh, girl dad gear as well. But uh, last question here, Matt, is I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself is a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think we're ever at that best version of ourselves, And I also think that the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is a little bit different than the way that you're going to get closer to the best version of yourself. So for you personally, if there are three things that you can currently do or three things that you can currently work on to get closer to that best version of Matt Overton that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you can currently do or currently work on?
1: Yeah, I think at first that comes to mind is serving, serving better, serving others, serving my family better. You know, that now that I'm a husband, now that I'm a father, like, man, just, uh, I used to have the the priorities, faith, family, and football used to be in the order of footballs first, then it was either family or faith, but it was all out of order. It was never yeah. faith, family, football. And if I can keep my priorities straight and be able to serve my family well, that's a mission in itself because that's, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to serve, lead my family well and serve others well. I mean, I, I think the greatest the greatest thing we could do in this lifetime is help others and, and serve and, you know, just be, be there for people when they need it. You know, I think a long time or if all of us, man, we just get self-consumed a lot and thinking about like, how can I get here? How can I get better? Who can help me? You know, and sometimes it's, it's just simply like, hey, who can I help? How can I help? Them? And a, a guy, you know, David Thornton, who is in the Colts, he was one of our coaches and player development guy his task every single day was to help people. And he would always come up to us. Hey, how can I help? How, who can I help? How can I help them? And it's just kind of having that daily, um, you know, that mindset of like, hey, let's go out and serve. And and whether it's just like helping somebody by simply opening the door or, you know, really coaching somebody or, or just answering questions. So but for me personally, like leading my wife and my family, and my daughter and leading my, our household is, is definitely helping me to be the best version of me. Again, I think slowing down and and a little bit of humility, too, because, again, for my profession is definitely a little self-centered and selfish in the regard of, you know, I always have to work out. I always have to prepare. I always have to, like, keep that at the forefront uh, because it's part of my job. But there's a balance, you know, like I don't want to get too consumed with, you know, necessarily worrying about my next workout or worrying when the next time I'm going to get in the gym, because it is important for me to spend quality time here at home. And being a, being able to use my energy in other places, so slowing down a little bit is is not in my DNA. Because I'm like I can't sit still, so like I'm just like always all over the place. Not slowing down, just
0: channeling your energy in different ways.
1: Exactly. Yeah having having a good healthy balance. The third thing, man, I just think is just like maybe just being authentic and real. Like again, it's just one of those things. I think we live in a day day and age now too, especially with social media where You know, a lot of people hide behind a mask and and try to be somebody that they're not for the fame or for the likes or for the content or, you know, like a lot of people are afraid to be themselves. And so if I could just like just stay who I am, not try to be somebody that I'm not, you know, when it comes to like being the athlete, like I'm, you know, not comparing myself to others, like just being myself, you know, because I think when we play the comparison games, it takes us away from being the best person that we could be because, you know, we, we can't be somebody else. We weren't created to be so. You know, those three things probably help me come into my mind when it talks about, you know, being my best version. Those would be good things to focus on.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, those are three great things, Matt. Well, I really appreciate your time today. Y'all make sure you share this episode with a friend or family member because I know they'll get a lot from it as well and make sure that you and your uh, whoever you share it with starts to embrace that stay ready mentality because it will inevitably help you get closer to the best version of yourself as well. But that's all we got today, Matt. Really appreciate it, man.
1: Nick, man. Thanks, bro. appreciate you, bro. Thanks, yes, sir.
0: Thanks for listening to that awesome interview with Matt. You can just tell how amazing of a guy Matt really is. I mean, ever since I've known him, I've looked up to him for a number of reasons. One, his work ethic, two, the conviction that he has about his faith, the time that he dedicates to spending time both with his wife and his daughter, and the way that he treats other people. It's the little things that make a huge difference in the way that you see somebody. Be sure you go follow Matt on Instagram at overton underscore LS and go check out some of his awesome stay ready swag at mattovertonbrand.com. And remember, stay ready. You never know when that phone call is gonna come. You never know when an opportunity might present itself. Are you gonna be ready or not? And remember to embrace the process. If you get too obsessed with the result, that's gonna lead to unsustainable action. If you're able to fall in love with the process and take it day by day, that's when you'll see your patience go up and you'll see yourself begin to embrace uncertainty. Be sure to share this podcast with a friend or family member by sending them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. But for now, it's time. It's time to serve others. It's time to pay attention to doing the small things right and to always stay ready so that you can get closer and closer to your best you.